This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center. The facts are this. Mount Bachelor, as the bird flies or the car drives, is not too far from the ocean. Lots of moisture flows over the flanks of the over 9,000-foot volcano in central Oregon, which means deep, deep snow in winter. And that's the case right now where the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center opened this week with 20 of their 21 trails groomed. I'm recording this read on December 9th, and it looks like midwinter in the home mountains. To learn more about the Mount Bachelor Nordic Center, their COVID-19 policies, and their 56 kilometers of groomed skate and classic ski trails, head on over to mountbachelor.com. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. Rant and rave and everything in between, we discuss the week and a half that was since the Ruka round of the World Cup. Wheels falling off, maybe that's too drastic, but three leading cross-country nations on the World Cup withdrew from competition through December. And we know that Norway has made it official that they will not be competing in the Tour de Ski, which begins the 1st of January. You'll hear enough about this in the episode, but in the meantime, in the run-up to this weekend's Davos-Switzerland round of races, we know it's a new World Cup landscape for the time being. And lastly, this episode includes unbeeped explicit language with words that start with S and F. Um, okay, so a lot to talk about, and I have to say, like, people have been emailing to, like, where's oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're like... Why can't Devin just like curse and go off on a tangent and rant about this whole thing? Well, here we are, baby. Here we are. You're finally ready. And I have, I have some thoughts surrounding this whole thing. I promise you that. So I'm looking forward to unpacking a little bit about it. And for those that just can't handle the suspense, it is shocking that the World Cup continues when three major hitters have decided not to go. Norway, Sweden, Finland, they're saying... No thanks, Nytok. I don't know how to say no thank you in um, in uh, Finnish, <laughs> but uh, what is it? Allahuvekan, maybe is that I, thank I, you? I we'll have to get tell you. Yeah. Kitos, 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 is thank you. Kitos, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Of course, God. Allahuve is you're welcome. So uh, Kitos is uh, from from Finland. So this is huge news, and there has been some back and forth. But Fis being Fis. Um, they're just like, don't care. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> so let's let's set up a little bit of context for this. So, you know, for people maybe new to all this, you know, the World Cup is scheduled way in advance, a year or more in advance. They formalize these schedules, you know, even during COVID, um, early fall. Yeah, exactly. And... They were formalized. They decided not to change up the schedule. They went with Plan A, which was every pre-scheduled uh, location. They modified some things, like for example, Lillehammer was supposed to be a two-day event. They changed it to a three-day event, and it was supposed to go for period one in the World Cup. Ruka Finland three races. The next weekend went to Lillehammer for three three races, then to Davos for two, and Dresden for two, and then they took a break. In the meantime, Lillehammer postponed their races as far as we know Ruka went off with 
without anyone testing positive. Nope. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't either. So, so uh, what's beneficial? There hasn't been any athletes uh, testing positive out of Ruka, which is great news. Shortly after those that that first weekend of races in Finland, Johannes Klebo and Emil Iversen, two two male stars for Norway, decided they were pulling out for you know at least period one. Heidi Vang, another. Uh, uh, Female Norwegian star, she pulled out after the first race in Ruka with concerns about COVID protocol and just concerns for her long-term health. And then sort of the pieces started to fall apart. Norway, Finland, Sweden pull out. So I want to set that framework. Also, I want you to talk a little, and there's a lot to talk about here. I want you to talk a little bit about the fact that Norway did hold televised, full-blown national level level races in your at least adopted hometown this past weekend. Okay, where do we start? <laughs> yeah, no, they did. Well, we can start right with that. And I mean, I know people probably look at that and go like, this is super weird. But here's what's not weird. All those countries you mentioned in Scandinavia were, were very disappointed with how, which is hilarious that Finland was part of this because it was their home World Cup, right, but regardless. Right. But regardless, you know, they can't control what other teams are doing and they didn't feel safe and they didn't feel as though things were set up well enough. They said the start-finish area was way too tight. The media, um, the mix zone didn't have the distance. Um, I've been in start pens before a ton in Ruka. I've raced in Ruka more times than I care to admit. And and it is a super tight start area there. And from what I've talked to people, they're like, no, the start area is the exact same as always. <laughs> I mean, oh, a little bit bigger on the back end, but negligible. And And you had teams, some of which were not adhering to wearing their their masks, or taking their masks off and all this sorts of stuff happening, all this kind of wacky stuff, um, which doesn't sound that wacky maybe for, for a country that doesn't take it as seriously. But but these Scandinavian countries, they take it seriously. It's fin- Sweden, not so much at home. It's Sweden's in a bad situation, but that's their government's decisions. But, but we can leave that for now. Um, the reality of it is the teams and the athletes didn't feel super comfortable. And in the end of the day, they decided like no way whereas in norway the rules are so strict to hold races they have limited start fields you have to have a huge gap between the men and the women you can never have more than 200 people in a venue at at one time not even 201 like that's it that's everybody um and they follow the rules super super strictly and i can attest to it i mean i have some athletes that i help help out a bit like helping with their training and and technique and and the kind of like a pseudo coach i guess you could say but but more mostly just like helping out and and i mean it would have been great to see them race live since i go out and see them train quite a bit and help them but but i wasn't allowed in the venue so i I watched it on tv i watched it on tv so so it's that strict and and um you know what the the races are a crazy high level and you can't compare it. I mean, if the World Cup, if FIS isn't able to create an event that's as safe as a national event in Norway, that's on FIS. It is, and 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 on and on and on the local organizing committees, of co- of course. But even a local organizing committee, they cannot control what other countries are doing on the venue. They can't control that, and um, you know. So 
I, yeah, but I understand that people are weirded out, and that 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 may be fair uh, if without knowing the details. But um, that's the that's the skinny on that. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I obviously, you know, I didn't stream it. I know some folks, you know, watch some some video. I, th- I think the ra- the races were clearly broadcast in Norway, um, and you can find uh, you know archive video of the races on the internet. I don't believe, and you and I have talked about this before. There's no mask mandate in Norway, correct? Still, uh, in Oslo there is. Oh, in there Oslo is there okay. is. Yeah. So, in, in Oslo there is, and and w- within these races there are. Well, that was my um, question. Someone had yeah. noted to me they're like, "Hey, Klebo's up on the podium, no mask." Yeah, that that that's a bit surprising, but at the at the same time, there is yeah, there is no government rule um, for masks outside of the capital. <laughs> Uh, right now. No, that's true. So another, just to kind of keep on this Norwegian thread a little bit, and for those who may not know, if you're new to the podcast, um, Devin lives in Lillehammer, Norway. So there's that. (laughs) Originally from Canada. Yeah, no, exactly. Yes. Speaking of Norway, they obviously pull out of the World Cup. And Sweden pulls out, Finland pulls out. Arguably, outside of Russia, Okay, three teams whose you know their athletes can still make a decent living if they're not skiing on the World Cup. Their sponsors get exposure via you know say the local race or the national race in the Lahammer. They still get to race against top level competition. They have you know again facilities expertise in Norway, in Switzerland, or in Sweden and Finland, respectively. Um, So they can still make a go of it. Whereas just as a complete contrast, the U.S. folks, and I know Rosie Brennan wrote a piece in the Alaska uh, Daily News that we republished, you know, they feel kind of compelled to have to go over just to essentially, that's how they earn their living. They race the World Cup. Just curious how your thoughts on that you know, as a former Canadian World Cup skier who had to travel over to Europe for probably six months a year for for your job. Yeah. How do you reconcile that or how do you think about that sort of the haves and have nots and uh, the ability to withdraw and still maintain your income, so to speak? Yeah. And this is this is a great question, Jason. And I'll start by there's a common misconception with with Norwegian ski racers the misconception is is everyone's loaded and that's not the case the reality is the best skiers in the world like the best sports stars in most sports (laughs) not all there's a lot of amazing athletes that make zero money but in cross-country skiing they're lucky enough if you're if you're the best skier in the world if you're Bolshunov or if you're he's Russian but if you're Klebo if you're Teresa Yohug if you're Heidi Wang you don't need the world cup really I mean, it helps. They make a ton of money. I mean, Teresa Yohug would make like 150000 a year uh, in Swiss francs on the World Cup because she just wins everything. And that's not including all their bonuses and all that sort of stuff. So she does make real money, like actual cash by racing the World Cup. But she has sponsors that not only like float her career, but most certainly allow her to have a comfortable living as the top female skier on earth same with claybo i mean i don't know people that are mega dorks would have followed along that a an oil and gas company or more like gas stations a a, a, a chain of gas stations here in norway sponsored johannes claybo to the tune of five million norwegian a year 
for the next few years. And that's one sponsor. So, so do, to do the math, that's, that's half a million American per year. Um, no strings attached. Like that's his, well, there's strings attached. He has to serve as a sponsor and stuff, but that, that's like a salary from a, one sponsor. So Claybo is doing very well. And you're right. He doesn't need it, but it's funny today in, in, in the media here in Norway, there is a big interview with, with Scar, um, like Sindra Bjornstad Scar, who's one of the best sprinters in the world. And, and he, he came out and said, like, if we do not go to the world cup, I'm, I'm going to be living below. He That's says right. po- poverty, line poverty line in, in Norway, yeah. but everything has to be taken with a grain of salt with Norwegian poverty line here. Remember that someone, Everyone can make a living wage in Norway. If you work at a, a grocery store checking out groceries, you would probably be making uh, 40-odd thousand American um, a year to do that. So it's a very, it's a huge contrast to in, to in the US, 40, 50,000, let's say. So, but, but Scar, would, Scar loses a, a ton of income. And why is that? I mean, a lot of these stars, and, or I don't want to call them second rate because he wins a lot of races and he's one of the right, best printers right. in the world. But but his contracts with his with the ski companies, poles, um, the the equipment suppliers, all those contracts are tied and have clauses that he has to show up in the World Cup, and then to be bonused out, he has to perform on the World Cup. And if you don't show up in the World Cup, you're not getting paid by your equipment suppliers. And Scar in a skate sprint, the next two weekends are skate sprints. He's used to being in the final in those skate sprints, at least, if not winning or, or contending for the win. So that's, you know, over 10,000 Swiss francs or 12,000 Swiss francs. That's that that that's gone. And that's just the prize money, not including any bonuses. So he's saying, like, I am I'm losing a ton of money by doing this. Um, and and the ski team, you know, I give the Norwegian Ski Federation again credit that they're like, no, we have to look into this because if, if we're holding them back, um, they, uh, we have to make sure that they, they can do their sport. And, and that means like train and sleep and and recover and do things properly without having this epic uh, stress behind them. And, and that's and that's what the best ski team in the world has afforded to them. You know, if you're Sindra Bjørnstad-Skar, you're one of the best sprinters in the world on the best ski team in the world. And you know what? if uh, it's great that the ski federation can take care of athletes like him, but that is a bit of a common misperception. So there is, there is athletes like Hovard's Togbo. He, he was out in that same article too. He's a sprinter um, new to the sprint team and he's a huge talent as well. And, and, and he, he was saying the same. He's like, I'm just lucky. My wife makes good money. And I can attest that she does make good money. Cause she was our real estate agent for a house that we bought here in Little Auburn. <laughs> so what's the uh, cut yeah yeah exactly well you're not going to get into that but she was great she's a wonderful person no so tugbo tugbo definitely um you know he, he was just straight up admitting it's like i'm i'm gonna have to be supported by my 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 girlfriend and that's just how it is for right now so so it is something that stresses out norwegians as well as far as the financial side of things but here is where it's gonna get like a bit of tough tough love you know who else is losing their jobs a fuck ton of people, seriously, around the world, because we are in a goddamn pandemic. We're in a pandemic. If you worked at a restaurant, if you, how many restaurant entrepreneurs across the world are either going bankrupt or like stressed out to the nines? If you're a bartender, if you're a server, if you're in any sort of tourism, if you're in the entertainment industry, you're losing your job, you're losing your income. It is a pandemic. Right. So when we say right. like, I need to do X to get paid, <laughs> coronavirus doesn't give a shit about your income. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and this is hard and this is a tough, tough situation. I, I really feel for everybody involved. I mean, I'm a student and it sucks, right? Like it sucks with all these, these, um, the uncertainty and like, can I go to school? Can I go to school? Things are changing at the last minute. Like I said, I have this like huge neurophysiology and neuroanatomy exam plus an anatomy exam as well. Like, and, and that's going to be done over Zoom somehow. And it, it's super weird. And I'm like, how is this even possible? And so every, there's a lot of people in, in difficult situations. Um, and, and same thing, like, you know, if I wanted, I don't have a, a second job right now as far as studying full time and doing some coaching and stuff like that. But, but if I was a normal student, I mean, a lot of my students that a lot of the students that I go to school with in physiotherapy, they're like, I'm screwed. Like, I mean, I, I'm like really stressed out here. And this is Norway where you have an amazing system to support, to support students. There's no tuition. Um, they have a lot, a lot of really good things with the, with the education system, but they still have to pay their rent in Oslo, which is expensive. And they still need to eat, which is expensive here in Norway. And, you know, my fellow students in physiotherapy are like, man, I'm stressed out. Like I, I used to work at a restaurant. I can't do that. Like, I don't know some, especially in physiotherapy, as you can imagine, work at work at gyms, they're all closed. They're all closed. So they're like, man, I, I need to try and find a job, but I'm also going to school full time. I'm in living in a different place, blah, 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 blah. So like, listen, this is a really, really challenging time for the world. And I understand that the the economics of like making a living, th yeah, that is super important. Like no, no, because you need a roof over your head. And you know what? The reality is if you want to race fast, you can't be saddled with all this stress either. If you're just super stressed about paying your mortgage back home in the US or in Canada and your federation is saying like, oh, we're not going to the World Cup. And you're like, oh man, I know it's the right decision or like it's, it makes sense. But goddamn, I still have a mortgage to pay and I don't think USSA is going to pay that mortgage for me or, uh, you know, like the Norwegians, like scars, like I get it. But the federation right now isn't paying my mortgage. I am and I'm a bit stressed out right now. And so it is a very, very challenging situation. But I do get a little frustrated when it all gets muddled and to jump right into it. I mean, like some of the verbal diarrhea you hear about the, re the reactions of Norway Sweden and Finland pulling out like get your head out of your ass people like let's talk about that a little bit because you know people have gone on record I know we've interviewed Matt Wickham we got a statement from Chris Grover, Grover. both of them are involved um, you know running the U.S. cross-country ski team and they felt like the protocols were sufficient um, and they felt like they were safe and their athletes were safe and that obviously everyone has their own perception about what went on and has their own perception about what may be rigorous or may not be rigorous. But clearly the power brokers in Norway, Sweden, and Finland, and, and again, obviously there's certainly some perhaps divisiveness uh, in the ranks amongst the athletes, but the, those three federations opted out through at least the tortoise right. ski or up to the tour to ski. It seems like Norway and Sweden are out for the tour to ski. I forget about Finland. As it stands okay. now, yeah. As it stands right now. It also stands, it sounded as if uh, those three countries were trying to negotiate with FIS and modify the tour to, tour to ski schedule to perhaps two venues, single country, really try and have kind of a micro bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't you do that? Like, that's the other thing. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
But that that is not happening. And Fisk no, released a statement. I know. Yeah, Fisk releases a statement yesterday saying green light. Tortoise schedule is has the green light. So I'll just jump in. This is the other thing. Like in a pandemic, that's great that some people feel good about it and safe. But you know what? Like if a team doesn't feel good about it, why are we slandering them? It's the health of the athletes. If we want to talk, no, no, but but you know, you, you hear some people saying, "Well, I, like, I haven't really seen." I'm disappointed. That. Okay, that's fair. I, of course, that and that's fair to say. Of course, you're disappointed if you're racing at the highest level, and then all of a sudden your World Cup just gets kneecapped. Sure. And now it's like, if you win a World Cup, like essentially you won a glorified Continental Cup, a Continental Cup with Russia. That's what you won. You know, an OPA Cup plus Russia. It's not, it's, it, you're going to get paid and you're going to get the points and all that, but everyone knows. You got some heavy hitter, heavy hitter skate sprinters. Yeah. Coming up. No, but we'll get into, we'll get into that. Cause I have a whole bunch of stats that I want to yeah. point out about how weak the world cup will be without these countries, but we'll get back to that for a second. But, but at the end of the day, we're in a pandemic. It's a really special situation. I'm, I'm stoked that people feel good about it. That's the most important, but we also have to respect how people feel and that people feel differently in in a glo- we are in a global pandemic and if people are super stressed out about it and you think it's ridiculous and you're like i feel great i think this is safe i think they're just being a bunch of idiots and they're overblowing this that's fine you can think that but you can never ever ever point fingers and accuse people of being like like being upset at teams that are that are making decisions to protect the health of right, athletes right. like are you are we high like put down the weed like this is ridiculous like 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 we have to support that people are allowed in a free society to make calls that they feel comfortable with and when we talk about the health and safety of athletes what's safe for me might not be safe for you jason you know what i mean and 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 we and we also have to just look at the situation we're in and being like okay there was some talk and some noise about how fist or how the whole program could have been run a little better. The organizing body of cross country skiing chose not to do this. And this is a consequence that happens that now, like, you, you know, I love it. Like this is like the show must go on. Who's your, who's your title sponsor fist. Oh, that's right. A grocery store chain in Norway coop. Yeah. How stoked are they right now? They're like, awesome. Like there is, there is no Norwegians, no Swedes, no Finns on the world cup. Who, who really watches cross country skiing in the world? I mean, I've traveled the world cup for so many years and I would be so annoyed in some of these countries. I mean, I'm in Germany, I'm in France. Maybe I'm not racing something or I get knocked out in the sprints. Let's say I can't watch the race that's happening in the town I'm in live because these countries don't show it live. You know what I mean? But but I'll tell you where they do show it live. They show it live in Sweden. They show it live in Finland. And they sure as shit show it live in Norway. So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like, it's it's like, it's like they're a praying mantis or something. They're eating their young. Like, this is hilarious. So, you're like, the show must go on. But what kind of show do you have? Do they eat their young or do they I eat don't know their what, mates? Yeah, and that's true. Praying mantis eat their mates. That's true. That's true. Yes, good. Fact check. Fact check. I agree. Eat your mate. But that's a better, you know what? That's an even better metaphor because the young, Norway is not the young. <laughs> You're always the mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but I, I mean, I just think it's a, it's a really fascinating situation to follow. 
And I, I can understand that people are, are like bummed, bummed out. That's true. And I also can understand that people are a bit perplexed if they feel truly safe and they think, no, you know what? This is totally good. And I feel like take the money out of it, take my job out of it, take everything out of it and just be like, no, personally, I feel really good about this. So I'm a bit weirded. I'm a bit weirded out that someone sees the same situation as me so differently. But look to your country right now, politically, <laughs> people see the same situation very differently. And that's just part right, of, that's right, just part of right. being human. And in a pandemic, when there's the health of people on the line, and to keep this rant going, then I'll then I'll stop. Like Sergei Ustigov, who is one of the best skiers on the planet, and mm -hmm. was the king of 2017 other than the 50k where Harv won, which is pretty badass. But anyway. What about last year? Didn't yeah, he? Yeah, last year he had a tough go um, as well. Yeah. But regardless, Ustigov is a, a serious talent. He got coronavirus at a training camp in Valsinalis, Italy in October. Guess what, dude? Months later, he's still struggling with it. He can't race. He's not 100% healthy. We don't know enough about this disease to be making blanket statements to be like, just show up. It'll be fine. If people are weirded out or worried, let's support them. Honestly. Two things. You know, I'm thinking is I, I manage a team, you know, hypothetically, I'm managing a team outside of, you know, Sweden, Norway, and Finland. And I think things are okay and they feel safe. And then the three, you know, major players step out you you have some spin to do, right? Because you want to project like, no, we do feel safe. And that may, may be authentic, but that can also be a tough sell, right? And I understand that people are in kind of a tough position to, you know, project that they do in fact feel safe and things are good, despite the fact that three other, you know, major teams have, have opted out because they feel as if, you know, testing protocol in Finland was subpar or not just testing protocol, but just safety protocol in general. So I, I knew, you know, everyone, as you say, it's like, it's a, uh, it's tough for everyone. Oh yeah. It's super tough. And I think, but I, I just think it's in, in the situation we're in, I think it, it, we all have to support how everyone feels. If, if, people, if, if people feel super safe and go like, that's cool. Great. I'm stoked for you. That's awesome. That's right. But, but then right. let's not point fingers and go like, because I feel safe, you should also feel safe because my worldview is the view that everyone has to fall in line behind in a global pandemic when there's a lot I of mean, uncertainty. We've all had that experience. We've all had, exactly. We've all had this, this experience within this pandemic, but we've also all had this experience just in life, like outside of a pandemic, like something I'm safe, feel good with. I mean, we love backcountry skiing. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of sick lines I haven't skied that people have skied in a group I was in and I took like a lamer way down and, and vice versa because, you know, but you have to like, we, there's no yelling at each other. There's no like being a no little pouty pants. Like you just say like, no, no, it's just like, if you feel like this slope won't slide and you go, I'm going to stand here and make sure spot you and make sure things are good. Cause if shit hits the fan, I'm going to be there to try and dig you out. But at the end of the day, you, we have to make our calls here and and it's the same with this i mean i mean but we have to support teams and athletes to make hard decisions in a very challenging very challenging situation so i i applaud and support everybody involved other than fis by <laughs> like i said like pretty much doing nothing except for like promising to do a whole bunch of tests and then passing those costs on to the individual teams and then just running it. The show must go on. So you know what? 
you get what you put in and fist, you didn't do your homework enough and now this happened. So let's talk about the show that is going on. And let's again, let's presume I have a draft of a story up. I haven't pressed publish yet because I'm thinking, well, it hasn't been confirmed. I know I've talked to you about it, that potentially it's looking like Norway with their quarantine rules. If a person leaves the country into what they consider to be a red zone with high transmission rates, when they come back to Norway, they have to like an absolute hardcore quarantine even for 10 days. Correct. And that obviously is horrible if you're an athlete trying to prime yourself for world champs a championship and yeah you can't totally. go and you can't go train so it's looking like norway again looking like norway will be out of the world cup until late february's world championships yeah, not yeah. sure and about they, sweden and finland yeah and they may be and then we're just talking about the athletes like you said but like okay say they're lucky enough because a lot of them have like a cabin up in shushin and they can they can train or whatever well, could you in, if in you ski, left the country and come back anybody yeah yeah, yeah, you can, you can, but you can't meet anybody, but you can't go to the grocery store. You can't see your family if you have a family. Do you know what I mean? Like you're in quarantine or, and if you don't have those things, if you don't have those things available to you, guess where you're going? Like a quarantine hotel, like awesome. That sounds fun. You know, if you, if you, and think of the staff, let's talk about the staff. We want to talk about money and stuff like, like a wax technician and no matter where you are in the world doesn't make a whole lot of money. And they're coming back and forth from from red countries too. What, what are they supposed to do? They have families. They have this and that and the other. And then they're like, okay, yeah, it's ten days. You can't see anybody. You can't go to a grocery store. Like you're just kind of like solo mission. That's all fine and good for those that have second, third homes and stuff. But not everyone does. So so you know, like that's the other thing we all have to recognize. Like whether we agree with the Norwegian government's recommendations or not. Norwegians have to adhere to their their Norwegian government re- regulations, especially if you're in a sporting, uh, high-profile sport like Nordic skiing. So, so it's it it is something that is tough. But maybe Canada doesn't have something that's so strict, or maybe you know Italy is not quite as strict. If you just drive across the border to Austria and then you come back, I, who knows? I don't know. But but um, this is again something that I think we just have to respect the decisions that are being made by people to to keep the the, I, the health of the athlete and the not just the athlete the health of your the people you're responsible for should be priority number one always and i'll bring let's let's get into some data in a second uh some uh, and i'll present some pretty like soft data and you can you can go into the harder stuff oh yeah i can't wait i got some awesome I'm going to get some data. Yeah. But yeah. just to clarify, so that if you're an athlete and you go to a red zone, meaning a high transmission rate country or region outside of Norway, when you come back, it's a 10 day quarantine. But in theory, if you have the infrastructure set up, you can go outside and ski. Right. Just, okay. I'm not saying anyone's going to do that. I just was kind of, that's yeah, more of my own personal yeah. sort you, of you, as you I can't interpret go the rules. You can't meet anybody. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. So let's go get into the World Cup product moving forward. So we just had a three-day race in Finland um, two week, roughly two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks this coming weekend. And, you know, it's an indication of who's hot, who's not. So let's just talk about the data from the women's side. So in the women's side, uh, of the top 30 in the sprint, all top six places, if Norway, Sweden, and Finland were not there, they would have been filled by other countries. So those top six places you know, are represented from at least those countries. 
And of 17 of the top 30 in the women's sprint were from those three countries. For the distance overall, again, it's a three-race series. I'm skipping the second day. 18 of the top 30 women would have been from those three countries and 11 of the top 14. Speaking of the men, yeah. Yeah, let that sink in. Yeah, so for the men in the men's sprint, and it is a classic sprint, and I'll let you comment on that, four of the top six would have been out of the final. 15 of the top 30 would have been out, and that's nine of the top 12. So we're talking like the cream of the crop here. In the in the men's overall, it's just over 50% would have been out. That's 16 of the top 30, four of the top five, seven of the top 12. So I'm going to say, at least if it's Ruka, it's a massively diminished field. I'm going to let you comment moving forward. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's a joke, is what it is. If if your if you, if if your goal is to compete against the best in the world, if it's a true World Cup where you're competing against the absolute best, yeah, it's not. You cannot call it a World Cup. I mean, you'll get paid, you'll get points. There'll be like flowers and all this, but you did not, as far as I'm concerned. But that's what's hard. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you you you're not a World Cup winner. But at the end of the day, I also see the other side. You can't you you can't make excuses for those that don't show up. You, can, you can't beat people that don't show up to the race. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. So, so like at the end of the day, if you win, if, I mean, if Jesse Diggins wins the next four races in a row, yeah, she won four World Cups in a row, but, but everyone knows, she knows most importantly, that like what that means for world championships coming up in February, not much. That could have been 11th. You sure. don't know. Sure. But that's fine. But she gets the points and maybe she wins the globe at the end of the day and that's sweet and it helps American cross country skiing, blah, blah, blah. So there's like positives. But like just to just to work on on what just to expand a bit, like to make it more relevant. Last year in Davos, 10K skate for the women, six of the top 10 were of those countries. So there's only four of the top 10 in Davos, the 10 K skate, which is happening next week or this weekend, um, we're, we're out of there. And in toll block a couple weeks later, which is part of the tour to ski, they also had a 10 K skate for women, individual start. The entire top five was either was Norwegian or Swedish. They're out. Um, the top in Ostersund, which is another 10 K skate that happened last season on the world cup. The entire top seven, one through seven were, from countries that are not competing in Davos. That means the eighth place skier <laughs> wins the World Cup, <laughs> which is which just sounds like insane. And in, in Ostersund as well, in the in the 15K skate, five of the six top six men were, were Norwegian in that instance, and, and they're not there. Um, to, to look at the sprints, because I hear this a lot. It's like, yeah, but you know what? There's a bit more depth in the sprints. Like, no, there isn't. There just isn't. In Davos last year, of the top 12... Only five athletes were not from countries that are now not competing. Okay, that's interesting because I I'm thinking of the French guys in Pellegrino. Yeah, 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 and those are them. Those okay. are part of the five. And it's like four of the only four women last year in Davos were not from the countries that are now boycotting the races. Like, like that, that. These are staggering. These are staggering numbers. And then we have Dresden that's coming up here soon as well. Uh, and last year in Dresden, you had four athletes out of the top 12. So in the semifinals, two heats of six, only four athletes out of the out of 12 are able to compete in Davos this year. And we're calling it a World Cup. Like, 
it, it's it's not just it's not just a reduced field. It's kneecapped completely, and yeah, it, it's a it's a massive loss for top level cross country skiing. Yeah, it's a it's a loss. It's a loss for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and and and. But that said, the athletes that are at the World Cup should not be making any excuses. Like if they win, like, what do you want me to do? Like say Simi wins the sprint. Like Simi was in the final last mm-hmm. year in Davos. Like say Simi wins, which which is very, like yeah, if he is plausible. having a good day, it's at altitude. It's a great short course. It's a short course. He's competed well in Davos before. He's a favorite to, to contend for the win uh, in Davos. But like, I almost feel bad. It's like, what do you want me to say? It's like, well, yeah, you won the World Cup, but you know, like... It, there was a lot of heavy hitters that weren't. There. It's like, what what is Simi Hamilton supposed to do? It's like I I don't I don't control what Norway right, does. Right, like, it's true. They decided not to show up. There there's there's a race. I want it. I feel good about it. And and you know you got to take it, take the win. But but everyone knows, and most of all, like the athletes that are competing, Simi knows too that like it's a it's it's not just an asterisk. It's it's an Opa Cup plus Russia that you won. You know what I mean? Really? But 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 you know what? When 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 you're 85, when you're 85, and you're talking to your grandkids, no one cares. Your world. Yes, another. It's another win in the bot. It's another win in the book. And like you know, so so and it is. It is. I mean, as long as there is a World Cup, it is a win. But it's just a kneecap field. It's not even a kneecap field. It's like it's a decimated field, is what it is. I mean, this obviously is an anomaly when we we have a pandemic. And then we have three of the four major countries opting out. And I would include the U.S., you know, on some, you know, for in the women's side, they're a oh, major yeah. country. Oh, but absolutely. That, but that's huge. It's not so unusual in a world championship year or an Olympic year for heavy hitters to opt out of, say, the Tour de Ski or early of season course. World Cups. You know, I'm thinking of Kala, Bjorgen. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure that yeah. went on when you were an athlete. What oh, was, of course it did. Yeah. And what was the dialogue like? I mean, you still have to psych yourself up. You're at the dinner table with your friends and you know your teammates, and you still got to be stoked to to race. What what was that internal conversation like? The heavy hitters aren't coming, but on the flip side, is you still have to put on a show. Oh yeah, and it's a great opportunity for you. You can make some good money. You can have a lot of fun. You can build a lot of confidence, even though that confidence will just be smashed across your face when you get to the world championships and like Frida Carlson shows up and Eb Anderson shows up and Terezi Ohug shows up and Wang shows up and just Stop. crushes you. But <laughs> but there and then it helps you with like confidence and be like, yeah, this is good. And and here here, like I have been a beneficiary. I have a win in my career on the World Cup that was a weaker field. You know, I won a 15K skate in Rye Bins, the only distance win I have um, in my career. How was the food up and, there? Oh, yeah, not not awesome. But but like, it was freezing cold too. But like, I'm sure. like I won, yeah, and yeah, you know what? I beat some good athletes like Alex and and, and Lakoff and Anger and like some bigger names. But, but there was a lot of top names missing, you know, there were some, there was some top names missing, but like, do I feel like I won a distance race in the World Cup? It's like, well, at this point now, I'm just too tired to even care because who cares? But 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 uh, but there and then, like, I yeah, you 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 know, I I understand it was a lighter field, but I mean that's not my fault. You know, I showed up right, ready to go, right. and and you know, and and in the sprints, by contrast, the sprint victories I have on the World Cup, you know, I'm beating like the biggest names in skiing, 
So, but do I weigh one over the other? Like, again, like when you retire, none of this matters. You're just too tired. You got two kids. You got two kids. You got two kids, man. You're trying to go to school. You're like, I was never, I feel so out of shape. It's like, I was never a skier. There's no way. It's like, I don't even know where, like, where is my world medal? I have no idea where it is. Honestly, I don't. I mean, really? I do. it's in Camor somewhere in my house, but yeah, it's in Camor in my house, but I don't know where it is in my house in Camor, but it's there. But uh, anyway, so. You need so, to call, I don't know. See. So, so but like, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in, like I'm sitting above my garage here and uh, Kristen, who's won a hell of a lot more championship medals than me. I mean, I'm looking at like a tough, uh, like a, not a Tupperware, but like a kind of like a tote box. And like, I see for real right in front of you for, for real right now in the desk I'm sitting on. Can you pick it up and open it up? Just yeah. curious. Pull one out. Yeah. yeah. Here's one that I pulled out right here as I'm talking to you. And it's, mm-hmm. it's Kristen's Sochi bronze medal. <laughs> and I open the box and yeah, there it is. <laughs> like so in some random plastic tote in our, above our garage where I study, like it's right. kind of like an office spare room zone. So, so what I'm saying, the only reason why I'm saying all this is like there and then it feels like it means a whole lot, but at, at the end of the day, it, you can't, you can't, it's not Simi's problem or Pellegrino's problem or Diggins's problem or, right. or Sophie Rosie's problem. If Rosie wins the race, I mean, geez, Rosie was fifth in Ruka. Like this is an insanely know, good right. result. I hope people are celebrating hard. And and I know I went off on a little riff about like the time of the day because that's how I feel. I truly feel that because it's totally different races that are happening. But Rosie did have the third best time of the day on that on that race. And like I, I hope people don't think that I'm like being too flippant. Like I'm while that was impressive. I'm more impressed the fact that she climbed up into fifth in the in the goddamn tour. That's right. insane. That's right. awesome. Right. Insanely good. Like not. Uh, I know she works hard and she's a talent, but it's it's just like a great great result. So so Rosie is like quote unquote like a favorite to take a medal in the World Cup next weekend. And yeah, she will go down in the history books as like a World Cup winner. But if you're a betting man, if if I see Rosie wins the World Cup the 10k this weekend by 17 seconds. I'm sorry, I'm not going to put all my money into the fact that she's going to win the 10K at the World Championships in, in Oberstdorf because people that follow the sport know the best skiers in the world yeah. aren't there. Yeah. But it's not Rosie's yeah. problem. You know what um, I mean? What is this? I, I'm kind of curious. And, and so. we, I, I haven't contacted Fist directly in a while, so I'm not sure if they will be answering my emails in the future. Not after hearing um, my diatribes. I'm kind of... It is, I have to say, it's, it is interesting when you think of sport as a business, you know, this level, it certainly is a business. I would argue at the junior level too, it's a business. 100% it is. What is it? Yeah, but of course it, it is. You know, and I, what I struggle with is, um, one is like, you know, what, what's the messaging we send to just people watching about the fact that it's business as usual in some ways during a pandemic but also what does it say to you about fist i mean they everyone seems to sort of have dug in their heels at this point a little bit yeah which is ridiculous yeah and that's the thing that drives me absolutely batty quit being stubborn everybody quit being stubborn and just look at the situation and try and make it the best for the athletes and staff instead of just going like well we think it's safe norway doesn't have to show up that's disappointing oh you know, like we're doing everything we can. Like I said in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you didn't do everything you can because if you did everything you can, you would have World Cups with the full world showing up and they're not. So 
to say you did everything you can is a crock of shit. It is. So, you know what? You made decisions, yeah, and then you went with them, fair. And it, you, again, you felt comfortable with the decisions you made. I'm talking for this year. And that's that and that's okay. But then if there's room for error and and countries look at the decisions you made and go like, "Oof, I don't feel good about this." I just don't feel good about this in a pandemic with the unknown surrounding uh, the fallout from being sick with this and and how our government is handling things back home here. And no, I'm sorry, I just don't feel good about it. Then why are you out going like, we think it's good? Why don't you just support, full fully support countries that take decisions like this and be like, we're disappointed. But at the end of the day, the health and safety of, of the athletes and staff is the priority number one for every man, woman, child, and beast in cross country, in the cross, greater cross country ski family. And we want people to feel good and safe and please make any decision you want to, to make yourself feel like that. End of story. I think it is going to make for an interesting kind of lead up in the world championships. And I'm sure skiers will have their eye on, you know, Finnish national championships, the same in Sweden, the same in Norway. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And, and just for the listener, just for the listener, too, with that, like, like people going like, well, why would they come to world championships? Because it's one venue, right? It's what I've it's what I've been lauding the biathlon circuit, even though they have had positive Corona tests, but I, they've had their fair share of messes. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they they sure have, they sure have. But you know what? By reducing the venues and running races two weekends in a row in one venue before moving the whole show to another venue to camp out there, it's a better strategy. It's it's a safer, better strategy than changing countries every single week with all your staff and all your and all your athletes. It just it just is. And with the world championships, with the world championships, people can show up two weeks before camp out make it theirs not move around you're in oberstorf or in the area and then you race the races and you really truly live in quote-unquote a bubble right i mean even these european countries and this is not what canada has and this is not what the u.s has and that that's it that sucks but these these european countries can also take cooks with them and all their own food they don't even have to go to the grocery store barely you know they do because fresh produce and stuff you have to replenish but i'm just saying like they can really reduce their contact yeah totally so for a world championship that's what's awesome i'm pumped because we're gonna have a a world championship it looks like at least now if things don't go totally off the rails and 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 it is not it is not something that we should look at norway and go like oh you're such a hypocrite now you now it matters so you show up now this that's a good point it's it's a totally different thing that's happening you're not moving venues every week you're not moving every week you're camping out in one place for almost a month it is in one town that's a yeah, because totally I have to say, like, situation. as I've been filtering all this news and kind of writing up a draft about who may and who may not show up for the next month and a half, I wasn't even considering, you know, I'm thinking, just like you said, oh, yeah, well, that's nice. They get to show up for the World Series and <laughs> skip everything else. But you're right. Like, when you think about health yeah. and infrastructure organized around safety, you're in one spot for at least three weeks, if not longer, as you said. Um, yeah. And it's easier to pull off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The championship itself is 10 days. Yeah. And the championship itself is 10 days. And if you show up, let's say 10 days out, it's three weeks. There you go. And, 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 uh, and then when you quarantine, when you come back, you have to say you have to quarantine when you come back to Norway, the, 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 the crown jewel is over. So it's like, okay. 
And you get to show up for Oslo. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, totally. <laughs> you get to raise home and call at the end of the year. No, but I'm uh, so so. It's just kind of like a totally different situation. But I, I hope that people just like I, I'm just a broken record. But let's all support the athletes and leadership of every country to make decisions that make themselves feel safe. And you know what? If Italy feels safe, if France feels safe, if the U.S. feels safe, that instead of comparing. Why don't we just say that's awesome and let's celebrate that. Like, good job. Awesome, U.S. Awesome, Italy. Awesome, France. You're doing things properly. Athletes are feeling comfortable. Staff are feeling comfortable. And everyone is willing, has the energy to put into just racing fast. This is awesome. We should be lauding that. We should be applauding that. That's great. At the same time that Norway is saying, like, we don't feel good, we should also applaud them and be like, good for you. Because there is a lot of economic fallout from letting the best racers in the world not go to the not go to the races like we saw with scar like i'm just repeating for those that are just jumping in here or fast forward stuff like you know like scar's getting nuked his 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 economy is get his finances are getting nuked by not going to the world cup and that's tough for him but good on the norwegian ski federation if they don't feel comfortable as an organization sending athletes and staff all over the world we got to support everybody in this, however they feel. And and like money isn't a, money is not a good enough excuse in a pandemic. It just isn't. I mean, because the science doesn't doesn't support that. You know what I mean? One last thing, we ha- we do get questions from uh, you know folks email them in. There was a question from a Mike from Mike Grant. And he had been watching some of the NRK coverage of the races last weekend in Lil Amr. And he was curious for the national races, do skiers wax their own skis? No, no. So, so, but this is a fun, that's a fun point because this is a big thing here in Norway too, because when the national team isn't in the world cup and shows up with the giant wax truck, the national team athletes have like the full regalia behind them, the full armada waxing their skis and 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 smaller teams club teams or or athletes none no athletes wax their own skis at, at a norwegian cup level for senior like they all have technicians or people helping but a lot of them are parents and yeah and technicians that are they're good at what they do but they're paid very minimally or not paid they're just volunteering um so it's a totally different uh situation and and that and that always like has debates because if it's tricky wax conditions, some of the smaller teams with very talented athletes can miss the wax here and there. And your chances of missing the wax if you're on the national team <laughs> at those at those local like Norwegian Cup races is, is obviously less. But at the end of the day, um, people are on the national team for a reason and it's because they've competed well over the last season or a number of seasons. So, but no, they don't wax their own skis, but um, they, they don't have the same... If you go to a Norwegian Cup, you don't just see a whole bunch of uh, tractor trailers like you do in the World Cup, you know. Like, and not everyone has big wax trucks or anything. No, no. There's like people are working out of wax rooms. Or lately in Norway, the trend has been going like a uh, trailers. So like a normal trailer, it's like a box, since a c- container essentially. And then they have some uh, very rudimentary exhaust system within them um, uh, that they've kind of tricked out themselves, or that you can buy them like that. And they're not very expensive actually. So so a lot of the a lot of the tier two teams not under the national team would have a like a waxing container that two to four technicians would or mostly dads and and uncles and cousins and stuff uh work 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 out of yeah right 
Okay. Well, thanks. And we'll, we'll do a little snow dance for you. Yeah, no, thank you. Please do a snow dance. And for those that are listening, like, I mean, I'm, I'm cool to take criticism, but I, I just really want people to appreciate that. Like, let's get stoked for the Americans that are over there that have a chance to put down some historic results because you know what? Good on them. Good luck. Have, have a good go. And it could be a, a historic weekend on the results page for, for, for the American team. It can be, and that's great. And while, yeah, it's not the same level as what we saw in Ruka, um, we should also celebrate great races regardless of who's there. Do, do you know what I mean by that? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, yeah. if, they yeah, win, yeah. if they win everything this weekend, instead of going the first thing saying it's a like, yeah, but they would have been eighth. It's like, yeah, they could have been eighth. They could have been 20th. But the fact of the matter is, for those that showed up, they won. So that's right. You that's won right. a ski race and that is awesome. And congratulations. So let's not take anything away from the athletes that are racing there. And then for the athletes that aren't racing there, let's not be, let's not hold any contempt and let's all just understand that this is a stressful time for everybody on planet earth and be really cognizant of that because it is, it's a challenge for a lot of people. And if you just stick your head out of the sport bubble for a second, there's a lot of people that are struggling, um, economically there's a lot of people that are struggling um with angst with with mental health right now i know again like with students and stuff like i mean they're not seeing anybody they're in the you know a dorm and they can't really move around and see anybody it's tough this is tough guys so before we just jump all over the place and start shitting on everybody um after i just did all over the place man (laughs) but but i'm just saying i'm just saying let's all just like you do you if there's ever a time if there's ever a time that we all can get behind that, people can do whatever they want that feels comfortable for them and we support them as long as the health and safety of the staff and athletes in a professional sporting arena are adhered to a level that people feel comfortable themselves, then let's, that's good. Let's not judge. Okay, last piece here. Your kids are asleep, correct? Correct. I wouldn't be talking here, talking shit like this for procrastinating from studies if my kids were awake. <laughs> so did you read it? Do they... Who gets, I don't know, you know, every kid has their little ritual. Do they get books read? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we read books. We actually have like uh, this, uh, it's a Norwegian book that Kristen's reading right now. And it's kind of fun because it, Advent's a really big thing here in Norway. So like you have, we have like a little like Advent calendar for, I mean, Aurora's too young. She's only 10 months. But but asked Isabel, like every morning she has to open like a little tiny little present and maybe like some uh, some gingerbread men in there or like a small book maybe one on a big day or like you know something small and uh, and part of this is like Kristen has this book that we read uh, she reads to us Isabel uh, one story one chapter a night so that's really fun so we're doing we're doing cool. that that's the kind of uh, that's the routine now and then I read English books but we don't I don't have a an advent uh, English book. I probably should look into that for next year. So, but yeah, that's, that's what's our the go-to. Uh, what's the go-to English book? Oh man. We have a, a lot of different, uh, Gruffalo is a really big one, but she's getting a little old, too old for that. We have uh, one that's called the mitten. Uh, we read that a lot. Also like, Oh, the places you'll go by Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah. uh, that's a classic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the cat in the hat, of course, by Dr. Seuss is a classic. Some Robert Munch books for those Canadians that are listening. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, Ask Isabel's got so many books, and uh, anytime she picks up an English books, uh, like Bernstein Bears books as well. Like, I mean, real, we're talking real classics here. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. But um, I still, I, I always, 
I'm always so stoked when, when we're like, oh, pick a book to read. And if she picks an English one, then I know I get to read it. I'm like, yeah, because she doesn't speak English oh, nice. to me yet. She doesn't speak any English. She understands everything, but she doesn't like she, I speak only English to her, but she answers to me only in Norwegian. So when she's picking English books, I, I, I like to pretend or like, like, like to think it's like, OK, she understands. And this is this is cool. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Okay, well, have a good night, and thanks, thanks a for lot. your time, Thank and we'll Take connect care. after this weekend. Absolutely. We'll, right. we'll, 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 we'll unpack this weekend no matter who shows up, so as long as there's a start, yeah, that's right. start, start field, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll break it down for you guys. All right, have a good one. See you, Devin. You too. Bye. Cheers. Peace. Thanks for listening, and if you have any questions, please send them to jason at fasterskeeter.com and devin at fasterskeeter.com. Please be safe out there.